everyone, welcome to Stacking the Box. Football is officially back, my friends, kind of at least. It is preseason football. It's a Hall of Fame game this week. Uh, it is myself, Ian McMillan, Sterling Holmes joining me. Uh, we are going to talk about the Hall of Fame game. Should we care about it? Yes or no? We'll get into that and also the biggest winners and losers from this week. We'll go through some news in the NFL with all teams back in training camp and some heartbreaking injuries already, which is just classic training camp season. Uh, and then we are, of course, going to end the show with the Immaculate Grid. We did complete it last week. We'll see if we can get a better score this week than we did last week. Sterling, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. We're getting a lot of rain here in Kansas City. So the lawn is getting nice and thick. It's green. Golf courses are looking gorgeous right now. No excuses for burnt out golf courses right now. The rough is thick. Everything's outstanding. I'm having a great day. I had my coffee reading a little book this morning early in the a.m. I'm ready to go, pal. Yes, you have officially also challenged me uh, to a round of golf, so I'm going to try to get out to Kansas City at some point. I tweeted out a video of my swing this past week, which is always uh, a nerve-wracking thing to do. Wanted people to guess my handicap. They think I'm a better golfer than what I actually am, so that made me feel good about myself. But this is not a golf podcast, Sterling. This is an NFL football show uh and we have a lot to get into but before we get into it let me just get through this really quick because DraftKings they've upgraded their sign up offer for a limited time if you're a new user you can receive $200 in bonus bets uh by following just three steps number one create an account number two make a deposit and then number three wager five dollars or more on any sport whether your first wager wins or loses you'll still receive the $200 in bonus bets all you have to do is use the code STB You'll see right down there in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen, STB promo code. The best part is using that promo code STB. That not only gets you the bonus, it also supports the podcast. So if you're considering signing up for DraftKings, you should definitely use our code STB to maximize your first bets. This offer is available for new customers or 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. And yes, Mike in Sweden in the chat, smash the like button. Like this stream, uh, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to this on the audio version, you can go ahead and rate and review the podcast. That helps us out as well. Shout out to Mike in Sweden. All right, let's get into the show. Um, with the uh, Let's start off with biggest winners and losers. This has kind of been the segment we've been started with the past few weeks. Uh, I will start off with a positive one here, Sterling, if it's okay, a feel-good story, and that is DeMar Hamlin returns to practice in pads. Obviously, that was the one of the biggest stories of the year last year. I'm going to call him the biggest winner of the week. Um, I still firmly believe if he plays a snap of NFL football this season, he will win comeback player of the year. Uh, he basically died on the field last year, and now he's back in practice. Uh he is brave for going back to play football, but apparently he's been cleared by a ton of heart specialists uh, and he's back playing. So my biggest winner of the week, DeMar Hamlin. That is badass. It's yes. badass. It's really freaking cool to see him back out there. We all thought, first off, hopefully he lives. And then it was hopefully he has a good life ahead of him. Hopefully there's no long lasting injuries that destroy his normal uh, post NFL career. And now he's back and hoping to play. I mean, this is a very, very cool story for DeMar Hamlin. Uh, mine is Daniil Hunter with the Vikings. They finally got a deal done. Uh, he signed a new contract. They'll pay him at least $17 million this season. He's been a consistent player for the Vikings for a while now, coming off of double-digit sacks last season. I know a lot of fans, I'm sure Atlanta, I know Kansas City, we're sitting here saying – what would it take to bring this guy to Kansas City? What would it take to bring this guy here to the Falcons? Well, we no longer wonder. He is staying a Viking. And in his words, I want to be a Viking forever. I will also point out every player always says, whatever the team they're playing for, I want to be this for the rest of my career. That always makes me chuckle. Yeah, you want to be a Viking for the rest of your career for $17 million a season. Right. Don't think you were for 14 or 15 Right. Yes, I will be a Viking for the rest of my life as long as they pay me. Yeah. Um, Mike in Sweden chimes in with his uh, biggest winner, biggest loser. Biggest winner, Aaron Rodgers. Biggest loser, mm -hmm. Sean Payton. Uh, we will be talking about that uh, a little bit later in the show, of course. Um, my biggest loser, Sterling, I know you're going to like this one, Travis Kelsey, who's supposed to be the best tight end in the NFL, supposed to be a leader on the Kansas City Chiefs. 
and he threw a punch at one of his teammates because his teammates shoved him after catching the ball like you're supposed to do in a, a drill. I thought these guys are playing football. It's passion. But apparently, passion. you know, trying to shove a guy after he catch, catches the ball is apparently bad, and Travis Kelsey threw a punch at him. Terrible teammate, terrible, terrible leader. Sterling, will you apologize on behalf of Travis Kelsey? Uh, my biggest loser this week is Ian. Uh, you are the biggest loser for being a crybaby because the Chiefs are so good. They're constantly on your mind. Uh, sorry the Falcons don't know what it's like to have a competitive nature going in training camp. Uh, they have this, you know, little week walkthroughs. Um, it's why they're not good. It's why they're not good and why you're going to end up paying me uh, a good steak dinner because of the Falcons bet you and I have. Chippy helps you win, in the words of Mike in Sweden. I'm 100% with you, man. You want this passion. You want this fire. He apologized on Twitter. I don't see a ton wrong, uh, wrong with it. Um, it's not like Draymond Green. Okay, Hunter? It this is. is not, this is him. not Draymond Green. He punched him. He threw a punch. It's not like he just shoved him back and got in his face. He threw a punch. There's how no room for that on the football field. How often does that happen in basketball compared to football? Football, this happens all the time. How many training camp fights break out every single year? There's like three a day in each camp. And it's, you're just picking on Travis Kelsey and Chiefs because you got to find some way, some way to bring him down. He's supposed to be the leader win. of the team. I would expect this from a young guy, a fiery guy, a guy who's trying to, you know, find his place on the roster. I don't expect this from Travis Kelsey, who's supposed to be the leader of the team. He is a leader. It's a bad look. He's showing them. Leaders showing don't throw passion. Leaders don't throw passion. Also, shout out to Thomas Beckett saying, greetings from Zambia. Love it. Love it. All right, uh, is that actually your loser of the week, me, for uh, calling Travis Kelsey out for – you call me a crybaby. He's a crybaby. He's on the throne punches. Yeah, he shouldn't have done that. Let's be real now. Travis Kelsey shouldn't have done it. Um, it was a backup linebacker. I want to say backup linebacker. I want to say it was uh, Conkren, uh, Jack Conkren. It was a little late, but it was definitely malicious. Uh, he should not have done that. Uh, Travis Kelsey shouldn't have done it. He apologized. We're moving on. Training camp scuffles happen every single day. It is fine. Uh, like Joe said, M Michael Jordan punched a teammate, worked out okay. There we go. There we go. Uh, my biggest loser outside of Ian is training camp injuries. I hate training camp injuries. It sucks. It's part of the game. It's football, but you expect these guys to be able to be healthy heading into the year. And then as the season progresses, you'll eventually see the war of attrition take its toll. You'll see the physicality of the game uh, really come forward. It sucks then, but it's even worse right now. Um, I know Nazi Johnson for the Chiefs, they had a storm here in Kansas City. He was looking like he's making the roster as a special teamer and maybe even get some snaps at cornerback. They go inside, boom, tears his ACL. Um, you're seeing Tim Patrick now for, what, the second year in a row uh, have a season-ending injury. Sucks for him. Um, I just hate seeing injuries at this point of the season. It sucks for the fans, sucks for the players, sucks for the team. I hate it. Yeah, KJ Hamler out with a heart condition. Um Obviously, Joe Burrow was hurt. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. But um, And this is why uh, last week, Sterling, we were talking about you can't do – I think it was last week. You can't do your fantasy draft till after the training camp and after preseason because guys are getting hurt left and right. Dude, I'm in a first time ever doing this dynasty fantasy football league, okay? Started the draft yesterday. Oh, It's freaking four hours between picks. Four hours. If I can fly to L.A., get off my plane, get my luggage, and then decide, oh, I still have time to make my draft pick. That is too damn long. You should not have four hours between picks. Pick a dude and move on. I agree. Couldn't agree more. That is the biggest downside of, of Dynasty Leagues is the offline drafts where it takes so long between picks. Yeah. Make a pick. Make a pick. Um. All right, so that's our winners uh, and losers. Biggest story of the week, in my opinion, is just that football is back in general because the Hall of Fame game is this week. Jets-Browns, a very strange Hall of Fame game in some sense. Um, if you're curious what the betting lines are for, because if you do want to bet on the Hall of Fame game, I don't know if I'd recommend doing it, uh, but if you do it, sign up at DraftKings using the promo code STB. Jets, one-and-a-half-point favorite. 
Uh, the total is 33 and a half. Not expecting many points of the Hall of Fame game. Yeah. Your yeah. thoughts on the Hall of Fame game in general. I get the sense you're not a fan. I don't care. Will you I watch any? Um, yeah, I'm not doing anything on Thursday, so I'll probably watch watch it. But I, I just don't care. I, I love it in the sense that this means football is starting, right? I love the fact that we're starting to actually get real football, even if it is the preseason. But I just don't care. Um, Rodgers probably isn't going to play. Sean Watson probably isn't going to play. The majority of the starters probably aren't going to play. I don't care. I don't care. Unless you are a fan of the Jets or a fan of the Browns, there's really nothing to tune in for. Um, I get it. Football's back and all that. Preseason means nothing to me. Preseason's nothing but a, a, a getting, getting ready for the regular season unless you're watching your team or Here's you're just I- a psycho. Uh, or you need a reason to drink and go to a bar. Uh, it is what it is. It's fine. This is what I like to do, especially for the Hall of Fame game. I like to watch one quarter because we get to see guys wearing football helmets, hitting each other. You get the broadcast, and it's just it's 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 just the sign that football is officially back. Guys are hitting each other. There's footballs being thrown. There's touchdowns being scored. Hopefully, I like to watch a quarter of it, and then that's pretty much all I watch for the rest of the preseason. So, but, but I, I am, it's not that I'm excited for the game itself because it doesn't mean anything. It's mostly just backups, but I'm just uh, excited for the official sign that football is back. That guys are wearing pads. That guys are hitting each other. We're a month away from actual real football that matters. It's just, it's, it's exciting to me. Yeah. Uh, I like Drew who says, I don't care either. We'll be in a strip bar. bar. Good for you, Drew. You know, maybe, maybe Pac-Man Jones might be there. Uh, speaking really quick though, of, uh, football preseason, if anyone does plan on betting football preseason, um, don't wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but there is one trend that's gone back now five or six years because of Harbaugh bet on the Ravens in the preseason Ravens cover the spread almost every single game in preseason, something like 15 and two in like their last 17. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but Harbaugh, for some reason, there's coaches who want to win in the preseason and there's coaches who don't care. Harbaugh wants to win more than anyone else. And it even reflects every single like preseason line for the first week of preseason um, are all like, actually, no, I'm looking at first week of of regular season. Oh, they only have the Hall of Fame game. But I'm just saying, if you want to bet on NFL preseason, bet on the Ravens. That's the only betting I do in the preseason. And I typically bet on the Ravens week one. If they're playing a bad team, the Ravens are always prepared and they blow them out. Well, I got good news for you because they play the Texans in week one. Boom. Whatever the line is. Nine and a half right now. Hey, it ain't enough. That's the one thing I'm with you with. Ian, I'm not not a huge better. You're you're the betting expert. But that's one trend that I have noticed. All right. I like it. Uh, Let's move on to some secondary topics. We're kind of cruising through the show here today. Well, football is back, but there's not a ton of real huge headlines. One of the big ones that's going around this week, though, is Jonathan Taylor and Jim Irsay. Yeah. I find this ridiculous, truthful, and absurd because Jim Ursay isn't necessarily wrong in his comments. Give me one second as I pull the comments up from Jim Ursay. But you just can't say it. Jim Ursay said, if I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. We know that. The National Football League rolls on. It doesn't matter who comes and goes, and it's a privilege to be a part of it. That's completely fine. He is not wrong. You cannot say that if you're the owner. How does that make your players feel? Good luck getting free agents. Basically saying you're just a cog in the machine. You're just a you're just a dude to us. You you mean nothing. Your jersey might be retired, but guess what? You're gonna be forgotten. Who cares? You can't say that as an owner. It's a bad look. Uh, with Washington now under new ownership, does this now make Jim Irsay the worst owner in the NFL? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I got I got to go down the list of 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 shitty owners, but uh, Jim Irsay has to be. He he's a very polarizing figure. I know people who love him because you know he's honest, 
He says what's on his mind. Uh, I think Jerry Jones might have a have a case at, at worst owner too, just for constantly putting himself out there in some of the GM moves that he makes as well. But you can't say it. You can't. Yeah. Again, he's not wrong. I'm not trying to sit here and say that what Jim Ursay is saying is is the wrong thing in a nutshell. You just can't say it as the owner. You can't have this meeting with your player and then get in this convoluted he said, she said with Jonathan Taylor and if he's injured or not with his back. Like, you might be taking money out of this dude's mouth or taking money away from him. Like, I just don't get what Jim, what Jim Ursay gains from this outside of free agents and the rest of his team hating him. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor tweeted at one point that he's never had back pain, never reported back pain. Not sure who the sources are, but find new ones. So there's a whole issue going on with John, Jonathan Taylor and the Colts, and then he apparently had a meeting with Jim Irsay, and then he left the meeting and is now demanding the trade. So, um, But is anyone now going to want to trade for Jonathan Taylor? Because we've already talked about uh, on previous shows and for a majority of the offseason how the market for running backs is stale. There's other guys who either wanted to sign somewhere or wanted to get a trade as well. Um, and just no suitor. So I don't know where that leaves Jonathan Taylor. Is he going to have to end up just swallow his pride and play for the Colts, or is someone going to make a move for him? Especially coming off a year where last year, he, what, he he was hurt last year, but the, he wasn't playing well, but then got hurt, I think. Yeah, it didn't really matter. I'm going to see how many games he ended up playing last year. Uh, he still had 861 yards last year. Um, he played Wait, in 11 games total. 4.5 yards per carry, a full yard less per carry than what he got in 2021. So, yeah. Not good. Not good for anyone. No. Um, if you are a team trading for him, I'd probably say look at teams that have dudes and quarterbacks on rookie deals. Uh, that makes the most sense. Only pretty much rookie quarterback deals can get these larger running backs. Uh, you look at even San Fran. Uh, it made a, a little bit of sense because they have Trey Lance and uh, Brock Purdy on rookie deals. You can afford Christian McCaffrey, right? Um, for example, the Bills, the Chiefs, um, you know, even the Chargers to an extent, they can't pay Austin Eckler. I think the way that he obviously thinks he deserves to be paid just based on the fact that, hey, you got to take care of the quarterback first. Running back is not even secondary. It's not even tertiary. It, it, it's so far down the list. You only can do that if you have a quarterback on a rookie deal. That's why you're seeing the Giants run into this issue with Saquon Barkley. They had to pay Daniel Jones because the way the quarterback market currently sits right now, no room left over for Saquon. Even if Saquon might be um, one of the most valuable running backs in the NFL, doesn't matter. You're getting Daniel Jones $40 million a year. It's silly. Yeah. I agree. As Drew Cowboy says, no running backs getting signed. He's screwed. I agree. Yeah, Dalvin Cook's still out there. Kareem yeah. Hunt's still out there. I mean, Kareem Hunt, I think, partially has some of the uh, off-the-field issues uh, that still surround him. And, and people are, are, at some point, running backs have to realize there's, there's rules for quarterbacks and rules for them. If you're a quarterback and you get in trouble, most likely you're getting a slap on the wrist if you're good. Yeah. If you're a running back, even if you're good, you, you, you get in trouble at this point in 2023, it's going to be hard for you to make the team. It's going to be hard. Yep. Uh, all right, let's talk uh, the other news. Aaron Rodgers and Sean Payton, big few there. Uh, Sean Payton went on record to say that Nathaniel Hackett last year with the Broncos, quote, might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL, end quote. Nathaniel Hackett, obviously, Aaron Rodgers' former offensive coordinator, now his current offensive coordinator with New York. Um, and Aaron Rodgers was not happy about that. He said, keep my coach's name out of your mouth. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like Jim Irsay. I like that he's saying it, but you shouldn't say this. I like when head coaches speak their mind and don't just give us coach speak. It's fun for us. But in reality, you shouldn't say this. Nathaniel Hackett was a bum last year. He was he over was. his head. But I also want to point out, you better hope. You better hope Russell Wilson bounces back because if not, yes. this is an indictment on you. You can't sit here. Can't sit here and tell us that Russell Wilson's still good. It was all the offense. It was all the coaching. It was all Nathaniel Hackett. And then all of a sudden, Russell Wilson is cooked like he was last year. If that happens, this is going to be a huge indictment on Sean Payton. 
<laughs> yeah, after saying all that, if Sean Payton coaches his team to another like four and 13 record or five and 12 record, then that's going to be a real tough look for him. Um, I'm not a fan of either of these guys. Uh, I think they're both arrogant. Obviously, I don't like Sean Payton for his time with the Saints as a Falcons fan. Uh, I think he's arrogant as well. It is gonna, it is, it is brewing up some great drama for their matchup, which is in like week four or five or six, somewhere in that range. Uh, so that'll make that game a little bit more fun to watch. But yeah, I just don't, I, I just don't get why he said that. That seems like a lose lose situation to say that out loud because, like I said, if he now stinks this season and the Broncos stink, off Nathaniel Hackett had one of the worst coaches in NFL history, and you coach the same record, then what does that make you? They're having a mid-off right now. It's two teams that are just trying to act like they're these big dogs, and they're both like, congrats. The Jets might make the playoffs, and the Broncos will. Uh, nice participation trophy. Um, no, they might make the back end, but I don't think the Broncos truthfully make the playoffs. They would be more of a long shot to me, while the Jets, I do think, make the playoffs. But again, we're not talking about, in my opinion, legitimate Super Bowl contenders like, at least in the AFC, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals. Uh, the Jets would be in that next tier down, and I'm pretty high on the Jets. Yeah. I, what's funny is he called this entire uh, situation last year. He said it was all about the the offseason, winning the offseason, doesn't really care about wins and losses. You know, They focus so much on PR, as if that's not what the Broncos are doing again this year with you, Sean. They traded legitimate draft picks to acquire you. The whole offseason talk has been how the Broncos have won the offseason by bringing in you, the head coach, Sean Payton. The awareness, or should I say lack of awareness, is astounding. Yeah, I agree. I, I just don't get it, man. Sean Payton, if people act like he's Bill Belichick or Andy Reid or one of these all-time great head coaches, in reality, he's closer to Mike McCarthy than anything else. Been one Super Bowl. I get it. The, 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 the offensive numbers and the metrics are great. I get it. He's, he's perpetually been top five in New Orleans. A lot of that, the majority of it, almost all of it, was with Drew Brees. Yeah. Congratulations. It's a little bit to the same extent as Mike McCarthy winning one, right, with Aaron Rodgers. Yep. He won one with Drew Brees. Again, I think, I think Sean Payton's a better head coach than Mike McCarthy. But – I think he's closer to that realm than he is to these elite head coaches in the NFL. I just don't understand the obsession with Sean Payton. I totally agree. And I think this year might prove it. Although I do think the Broncos are, are going to end up being better than last year, but still, I don't think they're a contender. Well, yeah, I mean, being better than Nathaniel Hack and whatever that disaster was short, short bar to climb over. It's, it, yeah. it won't be much. Yeah. Um, Let's get into Joe Burrow out several weeks with a calf strain. What do you make of this, Ian? Concerning. Um, I, I think obviously, like, I guess not a ton of details have come out for when exactly they expect him to come back. But let's say he misses all of training camp and all of preseason, but he is ready for week one of the regular season. That still, to me, is a massive concern because don't forget, he actually missed preseason last year and he was bad at the start of uh, the regular season last year. I think the Bengals are 0-2 to start the season. Burrow was throwing interceptions all over the place. Now, obviously, he corrected it uh, and was much, much better in the last two-thirds of the season. But uh, if last year was any any indication, Joe Burrow's a guy who needs to get into the flow of things, who needs uh, some practice reps, maybe a few snaps in preseason. Uh, and if he doesn't get that, it concerns me for the Bengals getting off uh, to a strong start this year. So who knows when he comes back? They've, they've said a few weeks. That could be anything. That could be, you know, two weeks. That could be, in my opinion, two months. We don't really know. But I think if 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 the Bengals expect and want to have a strong start uh, at the start of the regular season, they need him back quickly. Yeah. Um, Joe Burrow, I feel so bad for. He's already missed, what, an entire season. What was it, an ACL, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, that was his, his rookie year. Rookie yes, year? I believe so. I think it was halfway uh, through his rookie season. Time moves. Time's a bitch, dude. It just flies on. It just flies. But I feel bad for Joe Burrow, and I think your points are very uh, astute. The beginning of last year was a struggle for him. Now, I was wrong. I said last year the Bengals were going to take a step back. I thought some of the underlying numbers, I think you and I might have even agreed on this, the underlying numbers for the Bengals showed some regression. They were good. 
I mean, the Bengals were good and they, they were good in big moments. A lot of the times the offense was, I think, better than you and I both expected. Um, I feel bad for, for Joe Burrow. I feel bad for the Bengals. I feel bad for Bengals fans. Again, I'm a Chiefs fan, but I hate beating teams or, or having injuries to these other elite teams. It's way more fun to beat them when every both teams are at full strength. It sucks beating a team when they're missing one of their main pieces because then there's always going to be the, well, what if, what if? I mean, the Eagles have, were at full strength. They still do it with the freaking field, which is absurd. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, and this calf issue was apparently a long-standing issue with Burrow. I think he already had a wrap over it or something. It was tight heading into that practice where he hurt it. So not only is this something that could you know affect him and this team at the start of the season, it's something that could affect Joe Burrow for years maybe i mean a calf is a pretty important muscle he needs it and if it's doesn't fully heal then that's going to be a big problem as well so bad news out of cincinnati were you surprised when he came out with the calf brace or the calf sleeve on because no one really knew what was going on and then the same day that he puts the calf sleeve on this injury occurs if i were the Bengals, and if i were joe burrow by the way I would say, hey, coach, you know, we're in July. All right. You don't care about what I do in July. I want to get healthy. There's a little twinge here. I might take the day off. Guarantee the coaching staff would have said, hey, let's take you to the medical tent. Let's do something. Let's try and work this out. Because I was a little surprised that once he had that on and that kind of came out of nowhere, that he was still out there. And again, maybe it would have happened either, either way. It wouldn't have mattered. But I think you got to almost bubble wrap these elite players because this is – almost worst case scenario yeah usually a lot of uh, times with these uh with his teams with these kind of nagging type of injuries kind of their solution to it is you know roll out there and see how it feels and if it you know hurts as the practice goes on then then we'll you know give you some rest and usually that's fine it doesn't usually make the injury that much worse or completely get strained on one play like we saw with joe burrow so um yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. Usually you can just try to practice, and if it's sore at the end of practice and you'll sit out a few days, this wasn't the case this time. This, this was the, basically the worst-case scenario. But also when I saw – I don't know what you thought when you first saw the, the video of the play. I thought he tore his Achilles. Yeah, that I thought it was way worse. Very, it looked like Kevin Durant. I mean, it, it looked like Kevin Durant, and I go, are you kidding me? This dude just tore his Achilles on a non-contact, not getting hit, he wasn't yeah. really full on sprint, you know, it was a rollout to the right. And again, I, this can happen anytime. It's practice. It's not a game. It's a calf strain. I just think if there's any little twinge and they know about it, sit this guy. Yeah, sit him. Fair enough. Uh, let's get into the top 100 players of 2023. This list has been getting revealed 10 at a time uh, all the way up until August 3rd. So up until Thursday, we now are up to, what is it, 40? The top 40 players now with the top 10 being released August 7th. Any surprises so far? Anyone that you really want to hit on here? Uh, yeah, a few surprises. First of all, my Falcons get completely disrespected. Um, Chris Lindstrom, who might be the best guard in the NFL, is ranked 87th on this top 100 list, which is ridiculous. He's if you look at Madden good. ratings, he's the best player on, on the Falcons. So this is dumb that he's 87th in the NFL. Like I said, best guard in the NFL, in my opinion. But by, by the way, some numbers would back that up. By the way, I love it that Falcons fans have to use Madden as a uh, and they don't use <laughs> ring, they don't use rings they don't use all pros that well in Madden Madden says okay PFF PFF had him as the, either the number one or number two ranked guard last year yeah he's really good man I'm with you 87th that, that, is yeah I'm with you one of Justin Fields I don't understand the hype with Justin Fields are you a Justin Fields guy or no 86th in the NFL what does this guy do what has Justin Fields done to be the 86th best player in the NFL Justin Fields should not be on this list and Lamar Jackson at 72 is way too low the fact that he should be higher Lamar Jackson should be much higher Lamar Jackson's behind Jared Goff like, don't get me wrong, Jared Goff had a great year last year, and I, for some reason, became the voice of reason on Jared Goff, saying, hey, he's not as bad as people think he is. But also, Lamar Jackson is much more of a game-changer than Jared Goff. I understand the injury concerns with Lamar Jackson, but he's healthy this year. He's going to be playing. This is the best offense that the Ravens have had. I get that probably shouldn't be uh, coming into totality here, right? It's it's individual, not team. but. Dude, 
Lamar Jackson being 72 is absurd. That's an MVP winner. And Justin Fields can't throw the rock. Justin Fields should not be on this list. Yeah, I would agree. Lamar Jackson is a little low. I'm not as high on Lamar Jackson as a lot of people are. I think Lamar. I think a lot of people are just hanging on to that 2019 MVP season, which was four years ago now. He's been fine. He's been hurt the past few years, but even when he's played, he's been fine. He hasn't even come close to the MVP numbers that he put up in 2019. So, but I agree. What would you say he is 73? I think that's a little low. Or 72? I'd rank him higher than that. I probably would put him in front of Jared Goff. Where Where would you Where would you What range would you put Lamar Jackson in? I'd put him in, I'd put him in like the high fifties, low sixties. I'd probably put him in fifties, maybe high forties. But I also value quarterback way more than any position. Which, if they're not taking that into account here, if it's just straight individual, because you're seeing, you know, Jamal Williams was in the top one hundred at ninety five. Right. Uh, you're, you're seeing Aaron Jones, who splits carries with the AJ Dillon uh, at sixty four on this list. The Packers running back, and again, I like Aaron Jones. But he ain't even a bell cow running back. You know what I'm saying? This is obviously a list voted on by the players. There's going to be some bias here. You know, you're going to vote for your teammates. You're going to vote for guys you went to college with. I will also point out, uh, I think you may have made this uh, observation last time. For example, let's just say you are Desmond Ritter. You're, you're, You're in the NFC, right? Sure. You don't play the AFC. If you do, you play a couple teams. Four teams. Four teams. You're not sitting here watching and diving into the tape of what are these AFC teams doing. Right. They, they don't really know. I'm not saying it's a bad way, but it's because they're so focused on who they are playing and their own tape. They're not they're not their job is not to be a NFL analyst. Their job is not to sit here and go to the tape and crunch the numbers and say, all right, this guy's better than this guy. This guy over here. Here's the reason because of it. Here's the reason not because of it. They don't they don't do that. They vote for their for their teammates, their guys and who they go up against. I had to go back to Justin Fields for a second. Um because I'm just looking, I want to look him up because, yeah, Hunter said he won three games last year, can't throw the ball, only completed 60.4% of passes, uh, only had 17 touchdowns, but 11 interceptions. Justin Fields finished ninth in MVP voting last year. What? He finished ninth in MVP voting, and now he's ranked in the top, what was he, 80-something? In, in, like, I, don't, I just don't understand the love for Justin Fields. I don't where, know where it comes from. He has a few flashy runs. He's a very athletic quarterback who's had a few flashy runs. Um, but if he can't throw the ball and he can't win games. 3-12, and 12, I don't care how bad the Bears are. If you're a, a top-tier quarterback that finishes ninth in MVP voting, you got to win more than three games. I don't care what team you're on. Yeah. Um, Dak Prescott is 56th, 16 spots above Lamar Jackson. Um, who would you take? You're taking Lamar, right? I don't think there's there's any question about that. Um, yeah, I'd take Lamar. I do kind of like Dak, but he had a bad year last year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers coming in at 51. Uh, a polarizing player, Trayvon Diggs, coming in at 60. Uh, obviously, the intercep- inter- interception numbers are phenomenal. Um, it's funny. Trayvon Diggs has become the Marcus Peters, but, like, let's – extrapolate this times three because Marcus Peters is very boomer bust, but he was still a good corner. Trayvon Diggs for the most part is all boomer bust. Right. What do you make of him being 60? I mean, it depends on how much you value interceptions. I mean, my personal opinion about interceptions is that it's, it's, it kind of sucks to say, but it is kind of more luck than anything else for the most part, except for maybe one or two interceptions where it's the all the defender. For the most part, you need the quarterback to make a bad throw or the receiver to screw up. A lot of interceptions being in the right place at the right time. Now, they're skilled to being in the, in the right place at the right time, um, but I don't think a guy who his pass coverage numbers outside of interceptions have generally not been good. Yeah. Uh, all right here. Uh, Kirk Cousins coming in at 42. Kirk Cousins, 42, seem about right. The thing with Kirk Cousins is numbers are very good, but he sucks in prime time. So most of the time when people actually watch Kirk Cousins play, because unless you're a Vikings fan or unless your team's playing the Vikings, you're not sitting down and watching him at 1 p.m. in the afternoon. You watch him when the Vikings play prime time, and then he sucks in prime time, so people think that he sucks. But generally, statistically, he's actually like one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. 
So I don't really know how to treat Kirk Cousins. Fascinating uh, case study of incredible at noon central games. Yes. Horrendous any other time. And it's been consistent for year after year because like there, there's people who bet against the Vikings when they play primetime solely for that reason. And I don't usually fall for trends like that. I usually kind of like to zig when everyone else zigs. So I'd bet on Vikings during primetime. And no, I kept losing. It's consistent yeah. time after time for years on end. Do not bet on the Vikings when Kirk, uh, during primetime because Kirk Cousins stinks. Uh, the biggest surprise up to 41 is Lane Johnson at 41. Lane Johnson's the best right tackle in football. I am shocked that Lane – and again, you know, Chiefs and the Eagles, we're, we're having a little little scafoom on Twitter, right? You know, there's a little bit of back and forth, but I can recognize great players. Lane Johnson is a great player. Seeing him at 41 I thought was really, really surprising. I thought he'd be top 20. Uh, just a really quick uh, – because I was looking this up while, while you were talking. What, to, to go back to Trayvon Diggs, he's, he, PFF ranked him as the 42nd best cornerback last year. Yeah. And that, that was my point with, with Trayvon Diggs is I understand your job as a cornerback or as a defense is to take the ball away or to not let the defense score. You know, the best way to not let the defense score is to take the ball away, obviously. But also, if you're only boomer bust, that means when you're not taking the ball away, you're getting torched, yeah. you're getting scored on. So 40 second is not good. Um, especially if the 42nd best court corner does not deserve to be in the top 100. Uh, NFL players but yeah in terms of Lane Johnson I agree with that and my kind of biggest w- takeaway and this kind of goes back to my Chris Lindstrom take as I think offensive linemen are the are what this list has wrong more than any other position I would agree with that um, I mean you're going through he was Lane Johnson was the only one in 41 through 50 going through the 50s right now um, you got Let's see. I thought Zach Martin was in here. No, he's not here. Zach Martin is in the 68th. Zach Martin is 68th. And I think most people would agree that Zach Martin, if he's not Lindstrom, Mr. Falcon, Zach Martin's a top three, top five guard. I know he had a down year overall last year, but a down year for Zach Martin is still top five, right? He's still a very good guard, kind of the same ilk as Quentin Nelson. Um, But Zach Martin's done it a lot longer now, which again, is a little surprising because Jerry Jones is traditionally taking care of his big name guys. The guys who are going to go up or, you know, around the stadium. He took care of Dak, took care of Zeke, took care of Trayvon Diggs. Uh, looks like he's probably going to take care of CeeDee Lamb. And when it comes to Zach Martin, he basically said kick rocks, pal. Yeah. And by the way, PFF does have Chris Lindstrom ranked as a top guard last year. And it's not even close. Yeah. 95 grade neck close is 87.5. So so, I mean, you're going through this list. I mean, Zach Martin, 68, Lane Johnson, 41. Um, trying to see now in the 70s, are there any offensive linemen ranked here? No. Um, they just don't give the offensive linemen any love in this, which I find very, very surprising. Which is a shame because, in my opinion, actually, when you're just talking about who the best football players are, people who are playing the sport of football, I think offensive linemen have some of the best football players in the NFL of all the positions. There are some, there are some beasts who play offensive line. Uh, Teron uh, Armstead coming in at 83, the Dolphins tackle. Uh, Laramie Tunsil at 85, the oh. Texans tackle. And anything that's extremely low. I think Laramie Tunsil is, without a doubt, the second best left tackle in football. Um, and by the way, he wasn't even ranked last year. They show where they were ranked last year compared to this year. The fact that Larry Tunsil wasn't even ranked last year, again, goes to show you offensive linemen not given enough love. I'm here right now on stack in the box to say, hey, give these big dudes some love. Yes, agree. I'm sure Trent Williams will be ranked pretty high on this list, though. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, I mean, I, I wasn't super surprised. Uh, I think a lot of it is you can kind of go – any way you want to want to go with it. I think Darius Slay at 65 being behind um, Trayvon Diggs is a little surprising, but I'm not going to sit here and say that this entire list is completely off. Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the league. Someone says in the chat, fact or fiction, man, I guess we'll find out when the rankings come out. I say yes. I 
think yes. If I were playing fantasy football, yes. If I were playing a dynasty league, yes. In the year 2023, for just one season, I think it's him, Tyreek Hill in Miami, and I think you can maybe still make the case for Devontae Adams because Devontae Adams was incredible last year but went under the radar with uh, Derek Carr and, and just a, a horrible team. I, I think I think Devontae Adams somehow does not get enough love still. Uh, speaking of wide receivers, though, that was the last one I want to bring up with this uh, top 100 that's out so far as I thought uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is, is underrated, 67 on this list. Uh, and you know my love for the uh, the sun god. I'm a huge Amon Ross St. Brown guy. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year this year. Um, they look his way a ton. He crushes it in the intermediate routes. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be phenomenal this upcoming season. Yeah. I agree. All right, we're going to do it. We're going to do our uh, Immaculate Oh, that's right, grid. Immaculate Grid. Let's go. All right, there you have it. So if people don't know, this has become like the new sports fan version of Wordle. You can do baseball, basketball, hockey, and football. It's a grid, three-by-three three grid, and you have to pick players that line up with both the row and the column. So, for example, the top left box this time is the Panthers are the first column. Broncos are the first row. So you got to name a player that played for both the Panthers and the Broncos. They have to have already have played at least one snap for both teams to be eligible. So if anyone switched teams this year, they are not eligible yet for their new team. Or if someone was on a team but just played practice squad or got hurt and got released before they could play a snap, not eligible. Um, so across the top this time, we got the Panthers, we got the Browns and we have a stat 1000 plus yard rushing season. And then across, uh, the rows is Broncos, Eagles, and bears. So Sterling, I think we should start, uh, with the stat column because that's always the easiest. Yeah. Uh, thousand yard season. Do you think Philip Lindsay would be a fun one to put in there? I don't know which way you want to go with it. You know, obviously Terrell Davis is going to be very, very popular. Terrell Davis is going to be the most popular pick. And uh, in case people haven't listened to the past couple episodes, I once again did it myself just because I didn't want us to just, I wanted us to at least have some answers to fall back on. And this is the worst one I've done on, actually. Um, mm -hmm. I missed the, uh, there's four that I didn't even get. I only got five, five of the nine. Uh, this um, one was a guy I got, and I got a very low percentage number for this one. I was proud of this answer. But when I looked it up, so he, Philip Lindsay. He, did Phil? Do you think Philip Lindsay got a thousand yards? I don't know if he did, because uh, he, he he was a big time receiving back too, though. Don't forget. So this one thousand rushing yards. I I get that. We All don't right. have to do. We, 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 no, no, no. No, we, we go. Feel, hey, let let's go with Philip Lindsay. Let's see it. Oh, you got him. Twelve percent. Suck it, Ian. Yeah, I <laughs> the, the the player I put in was six percent. C.J. Anderson. He actually only had one 1,000 yard rushing season with the Broncos, and it was like a thousand and like 30 yards. He barely eclipsed it. Mm. So you didn't believe me with Philip Lindsay, okay? And I that, that, no. that hurt. That's why that hurt more than anything that you doubted my knowledge. Props to you. I, yeah, I, I did. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed Philip Lindsay. I, I didn't think he, he eclipsed a thousand with, with the Broncos. Uh, all right, Eagles. I think Brian Westbrook is the obvious choice. Yeah. Um, do we want to go with the obvious choice? Uh, let me, I'm, I'm trying to think, did Miles Sanders ever get a thousand yards? I, I would, I would guess LaShawn McCoy would be another obvious one. Shady McCoy is going to be an obvious one. Um, I'm trying to think in between the years of Brian Westbrook, LaShawn McCoy, do they have a back that was or even before, I guess, you know, trying to think of it before those guys who would have had a year over a K. Who do you want to go with here? We can just go with the legend, Brian Westbrook. Um, I think LaShawn McCoy is going to be the most picked, so I think Westbrook's a fine option. You think more so than Miles Sanders? Just current? I'm nervous to take these like 1,000-plus-yard rushers in from like recent seasons just because so many teams now do like a running back by committee that it's like, yeah, we know these guys, but did, did they eclipse 1,000 yards when they were sharing yeah, the back? Like well, Miles Sanders probably did. He had like 1,200 yards last year. Yeah. Okay, we got Brian Westbrook though, thirty percent. Now Chicago Bears is a fun was fun one because you can go way back. Well, you can go Gale Sayers. That's who I went. I went Gale Sayers for mine, but you could also go Walter Payton, obviously. Yeah. 
Go Let's Matt go Gale Forte. We'll, we'll, we'll go Gale Sayers because of the – oh, Matt Forte is a good one. I forgot about Matt Forte. I think it's just G-A-L-E. Boom, 6% Gale Sayers. How did he only get 6%? Come on, folks. Come on. Um, so I did get – Do are there any there that stick out? Do you want to stick with, with the Bears? Uh, Bears-Panthers. I almost want to say, did Emmanuel Sanders ever play a snap – Ooh. Not not Bears. Sorry, I was thinking Broncos. Um, well, DJ Moore, right? But he's not played. But he a hasn't snap played yet. a snap. He hasn't yet, played yeah. a snap yet. So that's not going to count. Do you want me to give you a hint of a guy? What position? Tight end. Greg Olson. Yes. It's tossing Greg Olson. Started with the Bears. Played the majority of his uh, career with career the with the Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, guy, I, Browns. guy oh, wait, I got, wait, wait. I, I think there's a few different ways you could go with this. There's one good, there's a quarterback who I think I put in at every single immaculate grid because he played for almost every single team. So he's kind of my default go-to answer. And that's who I put in here. Um, but you could go a different direction. Who was the de facto quarterback? Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> uh, who played, he didn't play for these teams, but. Uh, Josh that, McCown that, is my, is my go-to quarterback. Josh, you can put him for the Eagles, obviously. Uh, wait, we're going to use Josh McCown for the Eagles in Brown. So was Josh McCown on the Eagles? Yeah, he played. What did he play? He, I think, actually got a snap as a wide receiver at one point. Oh, huh. I don't remember him with the Eagles. How many people put in 26% thought that? Wow. Gosh, I thought I was clever. No one remembers him, I, I thought, with the Eagles because he like played wide receiver for a snap because all those wide receivers went down. This is funny, actually. So on my screen, I, I brought this up on my screen, and it shows the most popular answer for each of these. And Josh McCown was actually the most popular for both Eagles, Browns, and Bears, Browns. Wow! All right, for Bears, Browns, who are you thinking? Well, I, I went Josh McCown here, so I, I don't necessarily have a second answer. Um, what a shame to have to play for both the Bears and the Browns. Yeah, I mean, this is just the uh, it's the losers' bowl. Um, did Brian Hoyer play for the Bears? Checks out. Seems like it. But Brian Hoyer. I remember him mostly with the Browns. Something tells me he did play with the Bears. Nails. Brian Hoyer. This is the backup QBU over here. Uh, Eagles Panthers. Trying to think of tight ends, wide receivers, running backs. I think Josh McCown would be an answer to this one, too. <laughs> He's just perpetually an answer. That's what it is. He is yeah. perpetually an answer. Um, who did you put for Eagles-Panthers? Yeah, I did not did not get this one. Who did you get? What, what, which other square did you get? Um, I got I got the squares that, we, that we've already got. Oh, wow. So you, these are the three that you missed? Yes. Come on, Ian. You're better than this. Um, I did. I did. I am looking at the most popular answer, though. So I'll, I'll give you a hint and see if you can get it. This is a current player. This is a defensive player. This is a current player on the Eagles. Uh, wouldn't be Hassan Riddick, would it? It is, which Hassan I did not Riddick. know he was on the Panthers. I thought he was a lifetime Eagle. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, it's, I think it's, oh, I think it's two A's. I think it's H-A-A. Yeah, H-A-A. Let's go to Cleveland Browns, Denver Broncos. This guy is an all-time remember-that-guy legend where everyone brings this guy up. Peyton Hillis. Peyton Hillis. (laughs) He is the classic. Oh, you remember Peyton Hillis? He's the classic guy. He was in the cover of Madden. Of course I remember Peyton Hillis. He was also a chief for a brief stint. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. Uh, Thomas Jones also feels like a name you could just throw in there in almost any spot and feels like Thomas Jones would uh, would be an answer. Are you saying that for Panthers Broncos? No, I don't think so. I, I don't know if Thomas Jones. I know he played for the Jets for a long time. He played with the Chiefs. Um, I have an answer for for Panthers Broncos. He might be defense. he might be the best quarterback that is, I believe, currently a free agent. Best quarterback currently a free agent. Unless he recently got signed somewhere. Oh, he is currently uh, a free agent. I think he's the best quarterback available right now. If any team's looking for a quarterback, so not a good quarterback. Um, solid. He's he's had a very solid career, but he did Tre- bounce around a little bit. Trevor Simeon is. <laughs> no, I would not say he had a solid. Uh, that's what I was saying. Like Trevor <laughs> Simeon. I'm trying to think of 
who were tall dudes that uh, were on Denver in that perpetual when they drafted uh, all those tall guys. Uh, CJ Anderson's obviously one as well. Thank yeah, you, you could use CJ Anderson. Yep. CJ Anderson being brought up a lot in this segment. Who, who's the quarterback you're thinking of? Uh, let's just talk. Let's toss in CJ Anderson, then I'll tell you. I think that's a good guess by Joe in the chat. Perfect. There we go. I think that's a better score than we got last time, too. We're getting better. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is the best. For oh, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Teddy Two Gloves. Yeah. Good call. I like CJ Anderson. We brought him up three times in this segment, so we feel like we had to use him. CJ Anderson. People forget. Never forget CJ Anderson. Absolute legend. This is fun, dude. I appreciate you uh, bringing me on to this immaculate grid life because I, I had no idea what it was until you showed me this like two weeks ago. It is weeks ago. somewhat of a new thing, but yeah, yeah. it's fun. It's, uh, I like to spend five minutes while having my coffee in the morning doing it. As a man who's 29 going on 92, uh, I had no idea. I, I'm not up with the, uh, with the kids and their games. Yeah, there's other versions of it. I can kind of do the NHL one, but by far NFL one is is the one I'm best at. Well, Ian, this was fun, man. I really enjoyed doing the show with you today. Uh, I'm glad that uh, you won the Biggest Loser Award for me for ripping on Travis Kelsey. Uh, I'm excited that the Falcons are going to go 7-10 and 10 in that horrible division and make you sad. 17-0, baby! <laughs> Uh, this was fun, though, man. If you guys like this show, give us a like, give us a follow, like this video, give us a uh, comment, a shout out on anywhere that you get that you get your podcast. We do really appreciate it. Thank you to everyone for list uh, for listening. I love the mad chatter saying Jets mid. You're right. It's a mid off, a mid off between the Jets and the Broncos. But until next week, we are out. <laughs>